You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. So now, metal vocalists knows a lot more about how to produce the sound. They are able to produce it for hours and hours. You know, tra- voice actor don't train for that kind of thing. Or it's very rare. I know a few of them, but it's really rare that they have so many things that require their voice to be healthy, to not be hoarse, to not, you know, that they're afraid of going there. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope that you're having a killer week so far. I most certainly have been. This Vox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal are Montreal's premier metal promoter, and I'm very stoked to have teamed up with them to bring you Heavy Montreal Presents Vox and Hops Brutal Montreal, which will be taking place on September 2nd at Corona Theatre. This year's event features Deicide performing their classic album Legion, as well as Cataclysm, who will be performing their classic album Serenity and Fire. Opening up the gig, we got Inhuman Condition. Tickets are now on sale for Heavy Montreal Presents Vox and Hops Brutal Montreal 2022, and they are selling very quickly, so you should absolutely pick up your ticket if you want to come to this unique metal and beer fest that is happening in my hometown via the link in the description of this podcast. I'm going to be there. You should come hang with me. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss this. I am super stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. Now, this episode is a special one, so I'm going to give you a special request. If there's someone in your life that loves horror movies, specifically zombie horror movies, well, you should let them know that the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast exists. You can let your zombie-loving friend know that there are over 300 episodes where I hang out with extreme metal musicians and we talk about life, metal, and craft beer. If you were to encourage one of your friends to become a brand new Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, today on the podcast, I'm very stoked to be back with Sébastien Croteau, the vocalist of Necrotic Mutation and the leader of The Monster Factory. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 339 that was recorded at this month's Thirsty Thursday Virtual Hang. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I am back with uh, Sebastian Crato, uh, the three-time now Vox and Hops alumni. Uh, he is the fantastic extreme vocalist from Necrotic Mutation, a classic Quebecois death metal band. Uh, and he's also the leader of uh, La Fabrique des Mons, the Monster Factory, uh, which is something that he's built over the past five years seven years that's just simply incredible uh that i really really want to dig into tonight last time we were together we sort of just picked at it uh this time i want to go deep uh let's start with a simple question of uh how are you doing i'm i'm good Uh, i'm good actually because um as you know personally i i I was feeling sick since last december Uh and finally they found out that i had three stomach ulcers (laughs) (laughs) and i had them for a long time 
And I didn't know that was that. And then we finally saw that. And they gave me some meds to clear that out. And I got uh, finally, uh, um, last week I had an exam, medical exam. And they're, they're not there. They left my body. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad. So I'm, I'm still, you know, recuperating from that because I've been months like with, with you know, with, with problem in my stomach. With, with I wanted to feel like I was going to throw up. But then again, I still had a lot of things to do, but, you know, that was there. So I, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm supposed to drink beer, <laughs> but I know, yeah, you know, I, I know I, I don't go in the concept very well, but I, I'm just drinking, you know, a little bit of tea now. It's basically because I haven't drank for such a long time because of my stomach. So I'll keep with the tea. So forgive me all. I'm sorry. <laughs> there is no stress, and um, I am so happy that you're feeling better because you are easily one of the hardest working people in extreme metal. Uh, all the things that you're doing, rebuilding necrotic mutation up until the pandemic, uh, being a part of a death metal play, um, La Fabrique des Monstres, extreme, the, the monster factory is just incredible. The amount of recordings that you're doing, doing monster voices, zombie voices, extreme voices for video games, TVs, and movies is incredible. And I'm very lucky to be a part of the Athletic the Most. And I'm a part of a thread where I see just how many things you're doing at once. So I'm impressed and I'm glad that you're feeling better. But I'm also not surprised that, you know, ulcers come with stress. So Yeah, but, but that one actually, that's the thing. Ulcers come with stress, but also if you took, if you take something, sometime uh, anti-inflammatory medicine, Mm-hmm. That's actually where I got these, really? uh, uh, the, the, yeah, the ulcer, because I had the, uh, um, some pain in the neck a while ago, and I took some, some, uh, some anti-inflammatory medic, uh, uh, um, medicine, and that's what gave me the, the ulcers, actually. Really? Yep. And, and with medicine, they cleared up like in, in a month, almost like, bam, they were no longer there. So, so, and, and that's the thing. I have a lot of things to do. Uh, as you know, you, you, I'm listening to you talking about me and I feel tired. <laughs> like I'm, I'm old, <laughs> I think I, I need to slow down a bit, but I love to do that so much that for me, uh-huh. it, it's not about uh, taking a lot of time to do what I do. It's, I enjoy it. So it's basically about trying to manage the number of hours <laughs> or, or time that I have in a day and I try and do uh, the more that I can with, with, with necrotic mutation, with the monster factory. So, so it's basically managing time more than, you know, feeling stress about what I do. Cause I, I don't, you know, and, and you saw me when I'm, you know, in a recording room doing voices or, or doing voice direction. Sometimes I'm a little bit stressed, but I enjoy myself. No, no, you're so good. No, definitely want to touch on that. My experience, cause we can't talk a lot about it because we sign NDAs and there's a lot of secretive stuff and there's a lot of money going behind video games. So we can't talk about it very much, but there are certain like experiences that I've spent with you where we can talk about. But later, first let's dive into the shittiest question of the evening. Uh, how did you cope with the glorious years, plural, of 2020, 2021, and hopefully not most of 2022, but it's sort of looking like it's gonna be shitty again. Uh, how have you been coping with these glorious, glorious, glorious years that we're going through? Uh, well, uh, as for, you know, regarding necrotic mutation, we just came back 
after mm-hmm. a long absence, right before, you know, a few years before the pandemic, actually in 2018-19. So, so we started doing shows again, and, and, and you know, that was pretty good. And then, bam, of course, the pandemic. So, so you know, the only show we did was with you, with Cryptopsy and the Agonist. Uh, for the the brutal uh, North, uh, brutal what was Montreal. That? Yeah, Montreal brutal, Montreal. brutal Montreal. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a lot of brutal things in my life. Yeah. So that was the only one. So instead of focusing on doing shows, we and most of when you look at metal bands, they they almost all focus on doing an album. Like mm-hmm. metal band have been so productive <laughs> mm-hmm. into writing new songs because, of course, you know most of us can tour, uh, or, or if we do, it's very like here and there it's sparse it's it's not something that, that's the same thing as before so most of us are focusing on writing new materials and that's what you know we've been doing with necrotic mutation basically writing new songs preparing for a new album and concentrating mostly on that and the thing is we're not in the uh, you know we're kind of almost 50 <laughs> <laughs> You guys are still, us, you're still young on stage, you're still young at heart, you guys still yes. got it. But I understand what you're saying. Priorities have shifted as we get older. Yeah. Exactly. It's not as if we were 20 and like, let's go, you know, yeah. we're going to tour in a small van and we'll Fuck sleep on families, the floor. Crawl in Fuck the van. everything. Yeah. So, so it's not like that. So people have children, people have jobs, people have a lot of responsibilities. So it's, it's like, it's, we really, like when we choose to do a show... It's because, you know, all the right ingredients are there and we don't say yes to anything like we used to do, you know, back in the days, you know, like just an email, a phone call. Hey, we have a date. We have a show. This place, you know, you're going to be paid in beer beer and and (laughs) corn. (laughs) Because sometimes when you go outside of Montreal, people have corn and... and (laughs) Really, uh, corn on the cob. This is a real story. That was that's a real story. Well, yeah. <laughs> a long time ago, you know, we were paid in beard and corn and you know, some stuff. Uh, but that that was a long time ago. No, no, we're really you know focusing on on the new album and and we want to make sure that when we do a show, we present ourselves in the best of conditions. You know, where we're not going to do a show where the audio equipment is not good or or is you know meh. Because it's we've done that. We've done that for like many years, almost ten years, and I think we did our part, you know, in Quebec to to, to build the scene and to do that kind of show, you know, to make sure that you know we could bring metal in, in the darkest place <laughs> in Quebec <laughs> with ten people or fifteen people. But that's part of what we do, and, and and I enjoyed it immensely. But now it's different, you know. You have to focus. You really choose the, the 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 kind of appearance you will do, and the kind of venue, and the kind of events. So so it's more like you know we might start doing shows again after the album, uh, maybe later on this year. But again, you know we we might be really like picky about the event that that we choose to appear. But right now the focus is all on the album. It's amazing. I'm so happy to hear that, and uh, it is wise words for any bands that are listening. Uh, when you're young, you can play, you should play all the shows that you can play. But as you get older and you're like a refined wine, you should be more choosy. 
Uh, Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives, music and craft, beer. You are drinking tea on your side. I was going to drink <laughs> a specific beer Sorry. because I'm talking to the leader of the Monster Factory, but I'm probably not going to. Um, this is uh, called uh, Monstrosity. It's a project that Kanawaki Brewing uh, did with eight uh, craft beer media people. He created two teams for media people in each team. This is one of my collabs. It is a smoothie sour at 6.66%. Of course, uh, in this team, we got Beer Brit, uh, IPA podcast, myself, and Femme de Bière. The point of this was to make it the most ridiculous beer possible. Uh, so we put some carrots in it, some mangoes, some peaches, um, some mango and some marshmallows and some cinnamon. Um, it's a killer beer, but we do have Troy here from Lavras Brewing. And I actually had pulled this one out also. And since Troy is here, I'm going to drink this beer instead. Uh, this is Omnius, um, the Vox and Hops Lavras collab that came out for their fifth anniversary. Um, shout out to Philip Ivanovic for creating the killer, killer um design work for this beer i love it it's a monstrous black imperial lager uh nine percent just just monstrous i'm gonna crack this pour this out and i did not ask you this the first time i had you on all the way back on episode 13 uh for people listening to this one this is vox and hops episode number 339 so <laughs> what was your first beer do you remember your first beer set oh my god that was probably oh we had some shitty beers back in the day that was probably an 8 1980 uh 87 88 so it was probably a labat or a molson something cuz and it's probably beer that we ask somebody who was of age to yes. buy yes <laughs> or uh, we're waiting, waiting around the corner at the Depanar, which is a convenience store for anyone listening from not here. Exactly. So, so we're, we're not really, you know, uh, uh, um, specific about the kind of beer. No, we no, just no. wanted beer. <laughs> the effects of the beer. <laughs> and, and, and it was mostly like Labat 50 or Molson Export. Yeah. Some, 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 something like that. And, and, and I don't remember the exact sort. Because, of course, the first time I drank beer, I most probably ended up real drunk, and I don't remember. Because <laughs> <laughs> when, when you don't know how to drink, you just you drink one, oh, you're fine, you drink two, and then, you know, you drink them all really fast, and then after a while, bam, it hits, and then... The, the night is over for you, but everyone else is enjoying your night for you. No, but uh, usually we all got drunk all real fast but at least we didn't have any social media uh -huh. like nobody was taking video <laughs> i'm so thankful for that or, or pictures because i'm yeah uh -huh. yeah because yeah i'm so glad for that <laughs> i would like to talk about uh, you were a part of brutal north america which is where I paired uh, 22 extreme metal bands, Vox and Hops yeah. alumni, with metal breweries from across North America. Talk to me about your experience being paired uh, with uh, Le Presbytère. Uh, Francis made a really wacky beer, yeah. uh, which I really appreciate because he thinks outside of the box. Um, talk, talk to everyone about that experience, please. Uh, well, I, first, I was so amazed when you approach us with that comes concept you know i i always wanted to to you know 
to have a beer or whatever kind of alcohol with you know with 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 the necrotic mutation um and of course when you approach us i was like right off the bat i even think twice about it i was like yeah we're gonna do it and once we got to talk with francis you know for for me what was important is is and for for the band that was trying to do something you know that matched the concept of of course not maybe not necrotic mutation because when you know what necrotic mutation means <laughs> it, it, it's it's not it's not quite tasty uh, uh, but I, but it was mostly something about a mutation you know when we named it la mutante which meant the mutant so we we wanted a mix of different you know kind of thing uh, uh and and of course something that was not there because you know at this point uh here in quebec we had a few uh, uh beer coming with, with you know different band so we wanted to make sure that you know it was quite different for, from what was already on the market uh, in terms of you know metal band and beer uh together so so and we all love the ipa so you know we wanted to go with that kind of ipa thing and then we discussed with francis and it was okay maybe a double ipa and we're gonna and and then I don't recall exactly the other thing that was in there. I know it's double IP, but it's he brewed he brewed two beers and then he blended them together. And and I think what happened was during the because the way that brutal North America panned out, I would host Zoom meetings to introduce the bands and the brewers together, and I would basically talk through uh, what do you guys like, what kind of beers do you want to make, and then you, most of you had mentioned we want to do an IPA, but someone had also said that they enjoyed uh, black beers. And then Francis had the idea of what if we do, I brew a double IPA and I brew a stout and then I blend them to make a black IPA. But it's more than a black IPA because it's, it's it has the actual stout roastiness of it. And that's what he did. And it was killer. Super, exactly. Super killer. And, and, and when we, because we went there at, at mm -hmm. le, le, le Presbytère actually to record some, some footage, but to actually see how they were making the beer. And that was such incredible you know the francis and, and uh isabel are oh, such yeah. lovely lovely people so we just went there exactly and we look at how they were doing everything you know mixing things we even got to you know put our hands not in the beer but just you know you put doing blast beats you put blast beats in the beer yeah exactly actually that was chuck who actually did that i really think that's um, cool yeah i have but, a concept i want to use that's going to build upon that called Blast Beats and Wild Yeast, but keep going. <laughs> and, and, and actually, it was cool because it was during, of course, the, the pandemic that we went there and, and we were, you know, really careful, but just to go outside of Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was because we don't go out much. We, we don't. So just to go outside of Montreal and with the rest of the band, that was just amazing, an amazing experience for, for you know, everyone. And of course, we wanted to announced because we 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 uh, um we took uh we used the occasion to talk about the 30th anniversary of necrotic mutation so we kind of announced a feuding a new t-shirt that you're wearing now uh, a new album and stuff that will happen later on this year so that was just an amazing experience with them and with you for that and of course the the culminating point was the show that we did uh, i was very very happy to build up uh, brutal montreal it's something that I've had in my mind uh, for quite some time, uh, obviously heavily inspired from uh, Decibel Metal and Beer Fest. 
really enjoyed the concept of having good craft beers, extreme metal bands performing at the same place. Uh, having spoken to so many extreme musicians, I know that there's a there's a linkage. You know, the, the refined palette of music where we enjoy more complex things goes hand in hand with more complex beers. So so to build that lineup and to pitch it to JF uh, Michaud from Avenco saying uh, there's a whole bunch of amazing extreme metal bands from Montreal that are not touring right now. There's a huge fan base in Montreal that's not getting that itch scratched. Let's build a show. And then it was like, here are the bands that I want. And he was like, yes. And I pitched it to you and you were like, yes. And it was just <laughs> so easy. And what a night. And and we won't go into the details of how close it came to not happening, but yeah, a time capsule, like you, it, it could have been a TV show, like me building up the whole festival. And then the finale is the night of. Definitely. It was a great night. I don't know, talk to me about your experience being on stage finally after that long. No, that was amazing because we and you know the the measures were just you know being you know less and less a little bit before actually before the show. So they just announced, okay, now we you know we can accept gatherings of X amount of people. So we were just lucky that that it happened. Because a few days after, there were a few metal shows. Actually, there were a, a, a COVID outbreak from a show at Fufun. I think there was at Fufun Electric and some other places. And so some events were canceled right after the show, like I think the day after. And, and, and But yeah, that was just... And, and that's the thing. I, I, I remember I was so out of shape, actually, when, when, when you approached <laughs> me for that. I'm in shape for a studio recording session, but... I don't move much when I do voices for my. I, I move, but it's it's not the same thing. Um, it, it, and I was it, like, was it a flashback? I remember when we, and I only remember this as we sat down here right now. Uh, during the first Vox and Hops we had together, you had been told that when you were on stage, you had to headbang as much as possible. Yeah. For yeah, your first I, gig ever. And then you yeah. did, and then you were dying. <laughs> <laughs> were, were you feeling like that or did you get you got into shape i imagine no 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 actually when you approached me for that uh I, I was like of course i was yes right off the bat but but i was worried about you know being inactive for so long i've worked from home since the beginning of the pandemic and 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 it's really different i'm i'm you know with the virus and with everything you do it's like god damn it don't really go in a restaurant because they're closed. You don't, so you stay home. And 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 for me, of course, we'll maybe get into that later. But I I work for the Monster Factory, building the international team, pretty much. So I work in front of my computer so much. So you know, I haven't we haven't been practicing also for a long time because we 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 rehearse at uh, Cité 2000, and that was closed for a few months. So. So you know, when you practice metal music, you you get in shape because it's 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 an it's intense. It's really physical. So with none of that, with no really physical activities, I was like, you know, I was like, damn, I need to get in shape a little bit. Um, and then of course we started rehearsing a little bit because Cité du Mille opened. Uh, but I remember I was really worried, like a few minutes before going on stage, because you know, as you get older, I'm 46 now. I warm up a lot. 
before, like vocally and physically, which, you know, I didn't do when I was 20. <laughs> you know, <laughs> nobody knew about warm ups, really. You know, well, there was there was some there was some warm ups. But... Yeah, but like, boo, boo, OK, I'm good to go. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that was basically it. <laughs> You know, there was no, I wasn't stretch, stretching like, like I'm doing now. I was, I'm not doing like 30 minutes of different exercise for my voice. So I, I, I remember like right before we went on stage, like I did them all, I stretch and I am, you know, I was ready. And that's the thing I, I you know, and since I, I have short air now, I, I don't have the, that thing going out, you know, that I can use. You know, just to, you know, when you want to just rest instead of running on the stage, you know, you do, you do that a little bit and, and it's fine. You, <laughs> you know, you can all, all, almost rest a bit when you do that, but I don't, don't have that anymore. It's really more visual contacts, but I'm, I'm trying, you know, to move on stage and probably around the third, the, the last three songs, I remember I was feeling that burning sensation with with the abs muscles and, and, and the diaphragm that you get you know when you have been not been doing a lot of of, of physical activities <laughs> especially as a vocalist and and i was like god damn you know don't tell me i'm gonna be out of breath and be so, so it, it, that was you know in the back of my mind and at the same time i was trying to concentrate on you know you you move a little bit less but the your main thing is to sing so sing motherfucker like <laughs> this is what you have to yeah. do you don't have to go around and, and and be a chicken around the stage you just need to make sure that your voice is there and that nobody if people complain about something they'll be complaining about me not moving enough around but n not complaining about hey sebastian lost his voice or you know his voice was not for me that that would have been uh, uh, not really good. <laughs> so, 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 but, but I was glad because everybody came to me after was like, wow, man, that was amazing. You know, your voice was like, Pff. and I was just, yeah. But, but I remember the last three songs and I was so glad that the last song was with Marie-Hélène Landry because I was like, okay, the, the last song, I'm not singing alone. I'm, I'm going to have some, <laughs> some help. I was so glad when I called her and stayed on like in my, in my head, I was like, oh, it's going to, you know, give me a little break. So at least I'm going to end, but on a bang and not like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> some, something like that. Which happens. Yeah, it's happened sometimes. You're yeah, 100% yeah, yeah, right. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sometimes it happens. And, and I, I, we play so rarely now. That it would have it stayed in your mind. Exactly. And, and mm. in the mind of the people. Because mm -hmm. the way they remember the old necrotic mutation and now is that we can deliver. So, so just a tiny scratch on that we can deliver kind of kind of mark would have been you know terrible for me in my mind and for the band and I was like no I don't want that to to, to happen so uh, fortunately it went well but I remember like after the show you came and you came straight to me and we recorded an interview <laughs> yeah and, and you saw me I was like and we did the interview but I was. After that, probably took an hour before I went to see people in the public because I just needed to to rest. And the same thing happened when we did the show for the 25th anniversary for the medal in Montreal with Maurice. You know, the show we did yeah. with Oblivion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the same thing happened. I remember we did one hell of a show. And after that, like I was an hour outside the show, just trying to catch my breath because it has been so long that we did a show. Of course, we've been absent for a couple of years uh, back then. So I was out of, uh, out of breath, but I'm just glad it didn't show on stage. Like for me, that would have been the worst. Because you're a pro. Uh, this is amazing. I really like it, Troy. It's uh, got the, the blackness, but it's ultra crushable, which is super dangerous at 9%. Um, it's, 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 I like it. I like it. Omnius. Uh, let's dive straight into the, the Monster Factory. I feel like you fell into this. The career. Yeah, yeah, Montreal yeah. is is a renowned city for video, video games. games, and Definitely. I think had you have not lived here, I don't think it would have happened. I think it's a real circumstance. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it's a bunch of happy accidents. Yeah, that that made the Monster Factory. Um, you know, when I started uh, as an extreme metal vocalist in, in 1992. <laughs> long time ago when when i was nine yes <laughs> yeah um no actually it's 1990 i started in 1990 yeah i i my first demo was in 1992 but i, I started in 1990 so it's been 32 years now and and at some point uh, i i um I wanted to try something else with my voice you know um i was really happy to be an extreme metal vocalist and, and after a few years I thought, and that's where I was wrong, but I thought I reached my peak as a metal okay. vocalist. Yeah. You're like, there's nothing else I can do. I've done it all. No, no, but not I've done it all, but I, it's, you know, I'm there. I'm, I'm at the summit of what I can do with my voice. So I wanted to look for something else. Were there singers that you saw performing that, that were doing voices that you couldn't do that you were like, oh, I can never do that? Because the scene was different back then. There was like, the, the, it wasn't like nowadays with extreme vocalists. No, but, but, that's the thing. I'm, I was good at what I was doing and I was not trying to do what other people, you know, so, so I wasn't looking at vocalists and say, oh, he's doing something I can. So I'm going to try and do that or, or do that. I just love what I was doing and, and I was good at it. And for me, like that was it. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of farmer who's good at, at, at cultivating potatoes. And I was like, I do good potatoes, <laughs> potatoes. So I'm, I'm going to make you the know, best potatoes. <laughs> that, that's the only, you know, I'm only worried about that. So when I was focusing on, on, on that, but I, I wanted to do something else with my voice. And then again, uh, the first happy accident or, or uh, you know, one, one of the first happy accident was that I discovered throat singing, Tibetan throat singing, Inuit throat singing, Tuvan throat singing. Um, and, and I was lucky because my drummer at the time, René Lacharité, her girlfriend was reading a magazine and she found out there that, that there was a guy teaching throat singing in Montreal. So I called him right away when I discovered that. She brought me the article and I called him right away. I said, hey, I want to learn more about that. And then I, I, I think the week after I was taking lessons with the guy and then a few months after our first meeting i was already his assistant because <laughs> I, I, I was able i'm not to surprised do, I, I was able to do stuff that he couldn't do like i i learned it really fast and 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 of course from there i started to get into more 
throat singing stuff, discovering what I could do with my voice, with, you know, uh, 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 doing uh, harmonic resonances with the thong, doing what we call the kargara, doing different style of, of, of throat singing. So I was really happy with that because it, it was still in the realm of what I call vocal distortion. Because a, a lot of people don't know about it, but Tibetan voice technique, Tuvan voice technique, Inuit voice technique, and metal voice technique are really, 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 really close from one another. Um, and I got the chance to discover that back in 1997. I went to the hospital of Montreal, and we were one Tibetan monk, one Inuit throat singer, and two death metal vocalists. And the other death metal vocalist was Marie-Hélène Landry from Obsolete Mankind. So we went with an ethnomusicologist and an otorhinolaryngologist, and we got camera in our inner mouth. And back then, in 97, they were quite huge. I can imagine so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, they're smaller, but back in the day, they were, you know, really huge. So, so they, they got to look at how we were able to produce the different kind of sound. And it was really funny because, you know, who would have thought that a Tibetan monk and Inuit throat singer and two death metal vocalists would end up having camera yeah, yeah. in their throat together and just looking at what, how they were producing sound. So, so, so the, the Tibetan monk and the, where we're doing throat singing, you guys were doing death metal growls. Yeah. And they were analyzing to see how the folds were reacting with each sound. Exactly. How the, the physical elements, what were the physical elements in, in, in the, 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 the production of the sound that we were doing, but also they were doing a, a, um, acoustic tests. So they were able to look at, you know, the, the, uh, the sound wave and to identify different elements uh, uh, with the sound that we, we were doing. And that's what we ended up seeing is that when the Tibetan throat singer are doing their voice, the oh, oh, the low voice, a lot of people think that they are singing low, but that's the thing. They're not singing low. They're actually using their vocal cords in a very peculiar way. They make two kinds of vibration on them. You know, when we speak, when we sing naturally, uh, the vocal cords tend to be like, you know, I simplify it, but it looks like this a little bit, you know. And then when we were looking at the, the vocal cords of the Tibetan monks, they were vibrating. You know, there, there were two kinds of vibration on them. Uh, uh, and when we were looking at the sound, there were still the, 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 the fundamental note. So the note that they are singing, but we could see right below, there was what we call a subharmonic which is a note below the note that you're singing, and it was exactly an octave below the note. So their singing voice is, is not, oh, this is the note that they're singing. And when they are activating the second vibration, they're producing the subharmonic, which is the note below the note. So like, okay, two vibration in their case equal subharmonic and low voice. And then we went to see with the Inuit throat singer. And the Inuit throat singer, of course, they're doing it a little bit differently, but they have two main vocal techniques. One of them is like, and when you hold the note, it's Tuvan throat singing. And when you look at the physical, what's happening physically, it's the same thing. And the thing is, it's that their fundamental note is a little bit higher. Right. So, so we 
might think that it's not the same thing, but when you when when we were looking at the sound wave, it was exactly the same thing. There was one note, one fundamental, and there was a note, an octave below the note that they were singing. So it's like, okay, Inuit Schrodinger uses basically the same technique as Tibetan monks, just a little bit different, but it's basically the same thing that's happening. And then they were doing their other thing. <clears throat> And then when we started to look at that, the second vibration was not happening on the vocal cords, but it was the false vocal cords who actually was doing the second part, the second vibration needed to produce that low drone, you know? Because uh, 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 this, uh, this is the note that, that they're singing, but, but they're, the, the note that you can hear is different. So we're like, okay, wow. So in all the things that we've seen now, it's basically always two kind of vibration on the vocal cords or with the help of the false vocal cords. And then we arrived to the metal vocalist. And what we saw was exactly that, was that the second vibration was coming from the false vocal cords. So when I do, <coughs> this is the note that I'm singing. And when I'm activating my false vocal cord, it produces the exact same thing, a subharmonic that I amplify. So when you look at Tibetan, Tuvan, Inuit, and metal vocalists, it's basically the same thing. We activate different kind of vibration on our vocal cords or with the helps of our false vocal cords, and then we produce that subharmonic and we amplify it. So right then I was like, wow, you know, I want to know more about that. I want to try more things. And I was like, and, and, and back until that point, I really thought that metal vocalists were doing something new in terms of, of vocal distortion. But w w w w as soon as I, 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 we, we got out of the, that, that amazing meeting with the Tibetan monks, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm an extreme throat singer and, and my grandfather and grandmother, vocally, are Tibetan monks and, and Inuit throat singer. Because we basically, we, we, we use a lot of different things, but we basically apply the same, the same technique in different ways, but there's always two kinds of vibration, vocal cords or on the false vocal cords. And of course, after that, I, I, I went hard into throat singing. I even had a band called the Globe Globeglotters, where I was you know, mixing throat singing, death metal voice, my normal voice. We were doing uh, bluegrass, jazz, uh, 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 Japanese music, metal music, uh, didgeridoo. That, that was like the, the, probably the most incredible musical experience I had in terms of, we just said like, you know, fuck it. We just want to <laughs> try. <laughs> There, there, there's no limits here. <laughs> yeah, no limits. Exactly. It was it was it was your mixed your Mr. Bungle phase. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And of course from there I started discovering more weird sound that I mm -hmm. could do. And I was just exploring my voice. Um and and at some point one of my friends, Alexandre Pelletier, uh, who was working at Ubisoft in Montreal at the time. In 2005, that was it. he contacted me and, and he was like, well, you know, my audio director is looking for weird voices for, for creatures in video game. 
And it was like, you know, I, I thought of, of you because you can do so many weird shit with your voice. So, you know, I, I gave him my name. I went there. I looked at the creature and I was like, oh, yeah, this one, you know, we might try and do that. This one would be another one. And then I waited a couple of months because uh, I've learned very quickly that in video game world, you have to be really patient. You know, it's not it's not the same thing in the music. Music, you know, someone call you for a gig, you got to be bing bing, and then, you know, sometimes it's a little bit faster. But in video games, sometimes you work on the project, and and they're gonna call you back a year and a half after. <laughs> or or if you work on something, you can only talk about it a year and a half or two years yeah. later, like yeah. what happened with with uh, Marvel Guardians of the uh, of the Galaxy. Absolutely. Um, so I was like, okay, so so I and I really thought I blew my audition off because oh, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, so yeah, the first yeah. time because it took so much time that, that the company <laughs> came back to me. I was like, I blew it, man. I was like, <laughs> maybe he thought I was I was too chatty or I had too many ideas or whatever. You know, I was like, he didn't like me. But they called me back and I went there and, and it's funny because the visual that they've shown me back then, a few months before. And when I arrive in the studio, the creature would not the same. <laughs> which, which also happens, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't aware of it. So, so I wrote and I, okay, so I, you know, so I was like, okay, so the voice that I had in my head for different creatures, like I needed to adjust or adapt very quickly after that. Uh, and it was my first gig as a voice actor. And I did eight hours screaming. For two well, days. So well, what six, was your experience before that? In voice acting? None. Not voice acting, my... but 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 um, like say you for Necrotic Mutation, you walk into the studio. How many hours would you go in a row? Two, three. Okay. So it's a massive uptake of extreme, yeah. and it's weird, unprepared okay. sounds at moments. Unprepared, and, and I, I use different voice technique, and that, exactly. that's the thing. Yeah. I I when I do Necrotic Mutation, I, I've I know what I'm doing. You've calculated every second of every moment yeah. for the past 10 months. Here you are, you walk in, the creatures are completely different. So here comes a new voice, a new technique, an inhale versus yeah. an exhale. Exactly, exactly. So I try a bunch of, th of stuff. It worked. But again, after two days, I remember I was spitting blood. Like That's that wasn't good. good. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't good. That was like, nope, nope. It, it's, but I really love the experience. You know, and since you've said it so well, Montreal as a video game hub in, in, and even Quebec, in, 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 there's more than 200 something video game company here in Quebec. Really? And I didn't know yeah. that. No, no, there, there's a lot. And in Montreal, there's probably 100, 100 something, you know, wow. uh, just here. So, so the word got around that there was someone <laughs> who can actually do some some weird voices for for video game and i remember like i've probably waited two years after my first gig and that was far cry instinct because i know i didn't name the video game you know if you played far cry the first one that was released on the xbox far cry instinct that was my first my first gig as a voice actor and and then right after that probably two years after I got called back from from uh, from Ubisoft again, and when I arrived in the studio, I saw Ezio, the, the 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 character from Assassin's Creed, and I was like, "Why are do they want me there? There there's no monsters, there's no creature in, in Assassin's Creed," and I was like, "What the hell?" 
and they what they requested of me was that you know in in assassin's creed you have this poison blade that you can poison people and, and they wanted me to do the sound of people choking on their mucus <laughs> <laughs> so, so i was like okay so i had a two-hour recording session with me just doing like <laughs> For two hours, <laughs> you know, doing that for 10 minutes is fine for two hours. It's really something else. <laughs> so I, I had a small bucket in case I, I, w- I was going to throw up because at yes. some point, no, no, even yeah, if yeah. you know, you know, you, you know, consciously that yeah. you're not gonna, you're not choking, your body reacts very differently. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I was like, at some point I needed to take a break. I was like, I'm going to throw up. I, I need to, to stop it. And after that, I just went from Far Cry to Assassin's Creed, per Prince of Persia. And at some point, you know, I, I was like, ask, hey, you know, we have female character. And of course, I can't do female voice. I did once, but that was for a very specific project. Uh, but and they were like, do you know other metal vocalists who would be able to do that? And actually, I remember the first one that I brought in was Marie-Hélène Landry, which makes my, sense. My, my, my good friend, with, which sing with Necrotic Mutation, uh, uh, feeding on human flesh since forever. Like, uh, uh, she wasn't the first one to sing it with us, but probably like around 97, she, she already was, was singing that, that song with us. So, and then from there, just like, okay, we have more character, more character. So I kept bringing in more metal vocalists uh, uh, in there. Okay, I'm going to stop you there because I have some questions that I want to build up upon. Um, why? And I know the answer. And for people that don't know this, I think it's hilarious. I went to Seb's house to record episode 13. And we spoke about the Monster Factory the whole night. I left his house. <laughs> it was late and I had never recorded my Vox and Hops episode. <laughs> we just spoke about the Monster Factory the whole night. We had to meet up again. But that night he mentioned a lot of these stories. So I would like you to tell everyone why metal extreme vocalists are more efficient at performing these sounds for voice acting versus a trained voice actor. For a incredible number of reasons. Um, first, the way metal vocalists train, and nowadays we know a lot more about how we can physically produce those sounds. So, so, so I remember back in 1990, there was no harsh metal vocalist teacher. You know, the best teacher was a cassette, because I, I was born in the era of cassette, and we were putting that cassette, and we were trying to imitate the voice that we were hearing. That, that was our only teacher <laughs> back then. Um, so now metal vocalists knows a lot more about how to produce the sound. They are able to produce it for hours and hours. You know, tra- voice actor don't train for that kind of thing. Or it's very rare. I know a few of them, but it's really rare that they have so many things that required their voice to be healthy, to not be hoarse, to not, you know, that they're afraid of going there. Because their voice is their livelihood. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, it, it, like for me, I don't do it every day. 
So if I do a four-hour recording session in the morning after my voice is a little bit tired, it's okay because I don't have another contract. I can understand that for them. It's like it, 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 it's, it's, they want to be safe with what they do with their voice. So they don't tend to go there, right? As opposed for us, we can do those kind of sound for a long time. So just when you when we go in a studio, it, and even for voice actor that has to do what we call barks, you know, like grenade, or or they have to stream different, you know, short words or short sentences. For them, it's real hard, even that, because they're not trained for that. Uh, uh, so for us, you know, just being able to be to have the endurance to go through a three, four hour recording session and we're okay, you know, at the end. But then only for that, today, a lot of those voices of those sound for creatures and monsters are done with sound banks, with animals, sounds, or with a software called Dehumanizer. And you can hear, if you listen to sci-fi or R movies, you can hear that software mostly everywhere because it has a very distinct signature in terms of, of what it does to the voice. And usually you can play with the pitch of the voice. You can make it lower, but, but it's, it's really distinct. And it's kind of, I don't know, it doesn't feel natural. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not organic, right? So Exactly. But this is a kind of, kind of thing we can produce without any software to modify our voice. You know, I'm teaching voice acting and I was showing my student the effect of that software on their voice. Then I will, I speak <laughs> like this. Just. And this is the kind of effect that that software do with the voice, but we can do it naturally. And how much time versus having all these sound banks and using the dehumanizer I feel like having an extreme metal vocalist walk in, we can nail things a lot faster, which is much more time efficient. Definitely, but for for sound designers that need to create sound from animal sounds, first you have to take all the sound and try and mix it together and try to make it match on the video animation that we that they have. For us, we can just look at the video animation and right off the bat, we can look at the creature movement and <laughs> and we can match it like right off the bat so it it, it, it saves them time uh, I, I think for sound designer and then after they want to add you know sound effect or if they want to use a I don't know a walrus sound and put it as a layer on our voice you know the source material is is acting and that's the problem with sound bank. Sound bank don't act. <laughs> they don't. And that's the thing, having voice actor being able to do that, we can act. We can be angry. We can be sad. We can be, you know, all those emotions that you can have in a creature, even in creature and monster. You know, sometimes monster feels sadness. Even if they're savage beasts, sometimes they're sad because they didn't... Hashtag monsters have feelings. Yeah, yeah but sometimes it's just because they are hungry and they don't, don't have enough brain to eat. <laughs> and they're a bit sad about that. 
and we need to play <laughs> on that kind of, of, of emotion. But that's the thing. That's why we need voice actor to, to do that, because we have a whole level of emotion that we can't find in sound banks. And that's the thing, even sound bank. You know, let's say you want to do a scary creature and, and you want to make the voice scary. When us humans want to be scary, and even when animals want to be scary, we use a very precise vocal sound. Even with the animals, when they're mating, they have a distant vocal sound. When they're doing different things, they have a distant vocal sound. But in the bank, that doesn't exist. It's just always no, but, one But in roar. the bank, we don't know where those sounds come yeah, from. Exactly. It might be the bear scratching his back on the tree yeah. and is just being satisfied. Yeah. We don't know where they come from. So it's hard to take those sounds with no distinct intention, you know, and trying to mix them together and make it scary. For me, like, very rarely the, the industry, the, the movie and the video game industry was able to do really something good with that. And my first example would be Chewbacca. Chewbacca is a mix of so many different animals, but when you listen to it and when you, you know, it doesn't look like just there's a range of emotion. They, they've worked on it a lot. But when we think about voices coming from Soundbang, there's not a lot that are memorable. But when we go to voice actor, and of course, Andy Serkis come to mind with, with, with Gollum and with, with a lot of other things that it, it's for me, it's it makes all the difference in the world. And, and I'm the kind of guy who prefer the old Yoda with practical effects than CGI. And for me, CGI is kind of the equivalent of the sound banks with animals. But I rather go with something more close to heart with a human in there that can actually make another human feel something. And that's also the thing. Human process the sound very differently. We have a very distinct zone in the brain where we process human sound independently from all the other sound. So when we hear a human voice, we connect to it very differently. Mm, versus a robotic dehumanizer or, 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 or whatever. Or alter or, or no. Not, or an animal. One when even. there's a human element, exactly, for animals. And when the, it's other kind of sound, we don't process it the same. Uh, so for me, one of the argument is that we can really connect more to people. And for an industry like the video game industry, who spend millions for an immersive experience, having that kind of connection, even for your creature or your monster, is invaluable. Because it, 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 I think it brings a new heights to the immersive experience that they wanna they wanna players to have. Mm. So so that's why we're the best. <laughs> yeah, I switch gears and went to monstrosity to to match the monster factory discussion that we're having. It's awesome. Uh, the cinnamon comes off a bit strong, the carrot is subtle. Uh, it's crusher. Um, in my opinion it's better than the monstrelicious one because it was a competition. Uh, but um, it's amazing. Uh, K-Town bringing the goods. Uh, another design by Philip Polanovic, by the way. You needed so many people because so many video games kept hitting you up. The team had to keep getting bigger and bigger. Um, it came to a point where you were like, I need to bring this across the globe. Talk to me about that. What was that decision? 
you know, actually, uh, uh, two years ago, we were 16 metal vocalists in mm-hmm. the Monster Factory in Montreal. And when we were working, and now we can talk about it, but when we were working on Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy, because we yes, were supposed to have Ivan rescheduling this Thirsty Thursday hang with Seb yeah. for probably 13 months because we, yeah. were, we had a media blackout and we still do. We still can't talk about a lot of the stuff, but yeah, we can talk enough that we can have this chat right now. Exactly. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so when we were working on it, at some point we, you know, we, we did some of the stuff in, in some of the voices and you did as well in English. And, and I was like, I asked the audio director, I was like, you know, the game is going to be translated in German, probably Chinese, Japanese, uh, Arabic, or, or, you know, when, when there's AAA video game, they're translated into a lot of different languages. I was like, what, what are you going to do with the, the other? Sorry, AAA video game. I... Yeah. What does that mean? AAA video game. These are the bigger games okay, that are the, made with the cream, which the cream mean, of the crop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And with millions of dollars in terms of budget and, and AAA is like, I don't know what, what's the equivalent. And well, I was going to say, I, I'm going to say the A market of touring, but that doesn't help you because I doesn't know that sphere of things either. No, I, I was going to go like, I was going, it's like triple X, but it's no. not the same. <laughs> it's not the same at all. It's not the same at <laughs> all. But at, at least, going, you know, yeah, these are the, uh, the, the, the biggest video games that, that are made. And I was like, you know, if you're looking for voice actor, because I was like, you know, nobody else can do the voices that we did. Yeah. Except other metal vocalists. You know, for mm-hmm. me, I was like, it's going to be so hard for a Japanese voice actor or German voice actor try to come up with that voice. I was like, you know, maybe, maybe I can find other metal vocalists around the world and try and make them do the voice acting for the game. But once I got the answer from the casting department and the localization department from, from Idas Montreal, they already said they were like, "Sorry, we started the casting for the, X, the, X the, the other yeah. yeah X months ago." And I was like, "Okay," but even with their answers, I was like, "This is such a great idea." Having other metal vocalists around the world, so that sometime when we do the English or the French version, because sometimes monsters and aliens and they do talk. <laughs> Not I think even more and more now. I think that thing. Yeah, m- more and more now. But even just weird voices. You know, we, we, we want that kind of thing in, in video gaming because it, 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 it stick in the minds mm-hmm. when you have something that is not just, it's out of the ordinary. So that's, and that's funny because you, you ended up being a huge part of the building of the international team of the Monster Factory, because of course, right off the bat, I started to contact very few people that I, I've known throughout the years, but I was like, and I remember I sent you a message, I said, hey, I, and I explained to you the project, because you, you, you were already part of the Monster Factory, but you couldn't really announce Talk it. Talk about because, it. Exactly. So you ended up sending me a bunch of names like, Greta Gertz from, from Erias and, and so then I went from there from your suggestion mostly uh, um, 
and contact those people. So I spent probably a year and a half recruiting more than 100 metal vocalists around the world in different countries just to make that international team possible. Uh, and it was in different time zones. So sometimes my yeah. meetings were at 5 a.m. in the morning, 6 a.m. here, sometime wow. later. You know, in some places I have 12, 13 hours of, 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 uh, of uh, time, difference, you know, time, time zone. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that was really something because I had to explain the project, what I was looking for. You know, I, I was having an, like probably an hour long meeting. But of course, meeting fellow vocalists in a pandemic where you don't go out and you don't speak to a lot of people you know most of the meeting ended up being two hours three hours yeah. because we were just talking about the conversation <laughs> yeah the voice talking about ah, you know oh you do that and sometimes just doing weird sounds <laughs> so the meeting we're just like yeah can you do that oh yeah <laughs> i can do that oh can you do oh yeah i can do that <laughs> So, so it, it was noisy, but, but it, that was fun. And that was just amazing. So, so, you know, we built that, that international team. And, uh, and of course we, we announced it very, uh, very recently, but uh -huh. it's mostly because of what happened with, with, uh, guardian of the, uh, the galaxy, you know, the idea of having this team of metal vocalists that can do so many different languages. So when there's a need, and of course, a lot of contract in voice acting are done lo locally, meaning that there's some contract in Sweden or in Denmark that I might not have access to from Montreal. Because they I have book a team, it there and they, yeah. they record it there. Yeah, exactly. But if I have a team there, mm -hmm. I can train my team to be ready to just do those contracts, right? Which looks great for the Monster Factory and is great financially. It, for the monster factory at the same time. Yeah, and for, you know, for metal vocals. And that's the thing. Most of people, the main thing that come out of those meetings was, you know, I don't mind the money. Like, like that was not the, because of course we're getting paid well, the money's to do really that. good is what's really, yeah. was another thing that when you like, can you introduce me to these people? I, it was, I was like, do you like video games? Was my message. Do you like movies? Did you ever imagine making sounds for a movie? I'm like, and plus it pays really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> Which as extreme vocalists is never something we get pitched. It's like, hey, do you want to do something for free? Yeah. <laughs> no, we're, we're not doing it for free. Uh, no, we're being paid. No. But that was not the main thing coming out of mm -hmm. extreme metal vocalists. It was, I want to explore what I can do with my voice. And that was the main, the, the, the main selling points. If you, if you want, even with, with all, you're going to get paid and everything else, you know, they, they, and they were saying to me like, ah, you know, I'm going to try and do new stuff with my voice. Mm -hmm. And I could see their eyes lighting up. It was a hundred, a hundred of us, no? Yep. A hundred of us, a little bit more than a hundred of us in, in 17 different countries. It's crazy. Um, and, and we've been, cause of course we said it. We, we, we have non-disclosure agreements, so we can, <laughs> it's hard to, um, to go in a lot of things right now. But there's a lot of very interesting things going on. Of course, of course, definitely. And one thing I can say is that even before we announced the international section, we started to do casting in the state. 
like with Riley from Allegion, with Cheney from Antios, with Danielle, with Gerard. We already um, start, started Mike Al- uh, Alvarez too. Yeah, yeah my, oh, there, there's actually we've done like if you know the game, the video game Dead by Daylight, the last 16 characters were done by metal vocalists. Like in Guardian of the Galaxy, we were 14 metal vocalists. In Dead by Daylight, there are 16. So right now, it's the most metal game out there. <laughs> and, and the good thing about Dead by Daylight is that it's never over, right? So they're and and with with the experience that they've had with the Monster Factory, they're just going to keep coming back. Uh, well, we've done the last 16, so I don't know why. <laughs> I think they're happy with, with what we are offering. Of course, it's not. It's slightly different from monsters. Because we do, we do humans, we do killers. So, so, but, but they're mostly human voices. But again, even with that, even with people screaming like that, there's a vocal distortion in there. And again, voice actor, they don't want to go there really. So we're still the best people to do that. That kind of uh, that kind of vocal distortion closer to the the normal voice. So. There's that, and we even start, uh, did a character in Japan, Mirai Kawashima from, from Side, did a character in Dead by Daylight. Uh, we had a, 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 a Russian uh, 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 death metal singers that live in France, Irina, and she did one character again. So we, 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 we did a couple of ones in the state, and now we were able to extend a little bit one character in Japan, one character in France, and the yeah. reputation is yeah. going to speak for itself. It's just going to keep growing. No one can top the Monster Factory and Extreme Voices. I, I'm a firm believer. I have been since that night in your apartment when yeah. I was doing <laughs> a box and ops interview. Uh, I was I was hooked, and I remember walking home that night and trying to do throat singing. <laughs> <laughs> you all do. <laughs> yeah. You all do, and this is the, the kind of uh, the new drug of, of metal vocalists doing. Do, Doing troll, and there's so many of you, there's so many of us who are good at doing troll mm-hmm. singing. I'm not surprised because it is so linked. Vicky Sarakis, uh, uh, a few months back, I saw Will Ramos talking yeah. about troll singing and the harsh vocal and doing troll singing. I was like, wow, and it looks so easy. Well, there's a reason for that. We use the same kind of the same voice technique. That's why, you know, people kind of struggle to make the link between harsh vocal and Throat singing, but like I say, it, it exists, and that's why so many harsh vocalists are so good at throat singing. Uh, I want to talk about you uh, directing stuff. I've done two recording sessions with you. I won't talk about what it was, um, but you were so involved, like like just giving little clues and and hints into uh, how we should perform. Uh, talk to me about directing, voice acting. Uh, for extreme vocals well the thing is uh, actually marvel guardian of the galaxy was not my first gig as a voice director i had one before on a little game called shadow of the tomb raider <laughs> <laughs> i did which also, is the game that had just come out when i went to your house that night yeah, yeah exactly so I, I i was also what we call an additional voice director <laughs> for for the game uh, but before that i started doing voice direction um, mostly because I, I'm, I'm, and I'm still working for that studio, for a studio in Montreal called Signal Space Lab. And I started with them probably eight years ago when they were called Wave Generation, but now it's... Uh, and we've been working 
for the last five years, and I can talk about it because I, I, we could actually announce the project. It's Project TL, or what they call Lineage Eternal. So the game has been announced quite a few times, but it's not out yet. So I started doing voice for that game. And then at some point, they, they, they were like, okay, you're good. Like, you don't need a lot of direction when you do that. You're really quick at, at understanding, you know, when, when the monster needs to attack or dies or do efforts. Like, what? Because it's really, there's tiny differences sometimes. The subtle, subtle differences that you have to apply. With, and to have someone be there and be like, no, you need to do it like this. No, you need to do it like that. It takes time. It, it takes time. Some but people, that's a metal vocalist walk and be like, make the same sound over and over again. You're yeah, like, and they think it's different, but it's not. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing in voice acting. When it comes to what I call environmental sound, like when you need to attack, to do efforts, to jump, jump or, to do yeah. everything, I teach that here in Montreal mm -hmm. at the National Institute of Sound Images. And believe me, it, it's... It's incredibly difficult to be able to be good at that. People think it's easy, and sometimes it, uh, it's funny because I look at the comments uh, below some, some, sometimes some, uh, video, uh, some video on YouTube, uh, of, um, you know, because for the game Dead by Daylight, uh, a lot of people are hacking the sound file and putting a video with just the screams on them. And I love that. I, I think it, for me, it's good because I can listen to the work of my, my, my team without having to play the game, which is good. And, and I, sometimes I see the comments like, oh, I could do that. I could scream like that. And I'm always like, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> you think you can, but believe me, you can't. And, 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 and it takes a lot of work to be good at that. It took me 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to be so good at that that I can teach it. Yeah. And and and, and, and that's the thing. I, I'm 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 also contrary to other voice director, I'm also able to give precise sound reference. It's unbelievable. I, it's so helpful. It's like yeah. not someone just saying, No, do it like this. No, you're like make it sound like this. Yeah. Which is unbelievably and, easier than a, just a, a worded description of how exactly sometimes voice director will go like can you be like 10 to 25 more percent more aggressive or can you and, 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 and for me like okay you need to do a dead sound the first sound is and then there's the choking part and then there's the last breath <laughs> so i just can't do the whole sound and then your only job after that is just Try and imitate that sound. And the thing is, in video game, a lot of people don't know that, but we most of the time we need to do 15, Versions 20 variations yeah. for each status, which means that you need to die 20 times and it needs to a be different, different yeah. every time in terms of sound. And a lot of time people just go like, oh, and then second sound, oh, mm -hmm. third sound, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they think it's different, you know, I can give very precise instruction, you know, do it with the letter O, use OA and do exactly like that. So, so it's, it's a lot different uh, from, from, from uh, a voice director who don't have that kind of, of capacity with their voice. I, I can do with my voice what I want people to do while recording. 
so 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 yeah and, and i ended up teaching that because right now i'm teaching at the national institute of sound and images in montreal and other places and i'm teaching normal voice actor how to warm up their voices for grunts barks screams pain and i'm teaching them with throat singing and with harsh vocal techniques so that they don't unbelievable you know they they don't destroy their voice when they do that because even if we we do it there's so many video game out there we can do them all <laughs> so so normal voice actor need to know how to scream properly you're giving also them the secrets give them the secrets yes some secrets not all of them <laughs> you gotta pay some, for all the secrets <laughs> some secrets not all of them but uh, even for environmental sound like what should you do when you block with a shield? What kind of sound that you have to do? And how to do variation to make sure that every time you, you do something, it's different. You know, how to invent uh, uh, spells. Because sometimes you go into a recording session and they announce you, oh, by the way, it's wizard. We don't have any script. Can you, you have invent, to make shit up. Yeah. Can you invent a language? Like, and it, you know, it can sound like any known languages so you have to write on the spot invent something and that's why you know for for guardian of the galaxy we, we can talk about it i was about I, to bring it up yeah i invented five different alien languages because once we were able to establish the different voice technique that we were going to use for the aliens mm -hmm. then after that i was like okay this voice technique <laughs> There's a lot of W, there's C-H-U and, and other stuff. So I was trying to play with the sound and okay, this kind of, of, of you know, uh, 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 consonants and syllables, you know, I was, I was able to, to see what were the easiest word or, or small word that were coming out of, of that voice technique. And then I basically had 80 pages of script in English. So I was, I was starting, and of course, I, I was kind of imagining what would be an alien language. Because in some known languages, we don't use the or le the same mm -hmm. way. We don't place the word in the same order. order. Yeah. So I was like, so I can play with that. You know, I don't need to be word per word specific. Exactly, yes. You know, and of course, I needed to keep the intent, because if the... The sentences is the question uh -huh, and the character uh -huh. is annoyed you have to keep that because this is voice acting and you have to keep the interrogation form like at the end of the the sentence so i kind of build up a, a kind of a google translate between aliens in english and, and and if a word was coming back in the same context you know, I, I, I looked at my document, okay, okay, I say this word, so I'm going to bring it back. So really? at least it gives the, a, a, an impression. It's a coercive experience. Yeah. Exactly, that it was a real discussion. Even if it, I didn't build the languages to the extent of, of Klingon or, or other languages in sci-fi movie, we didn't have the time nor the budget for that. But I wanted to make sure, you know, it's Marvel, it's Disney. I wanted to deliver the best thing out there. So I was like, I'm going to go the extra mile for it. So I work a lot, 
you know, a lot of time on making sure that everything, pronunciation, and the actor, because I had a lot of, once we knew who the cast was, I work with all the voice actors to make sure when, when there were alien languages involved that they were able to nail it. Like not struggling with that. It was fluid the way they were saying it. So, yeah, it took a couple of months, 80 pages of script, five alien languages. So right now I can say that I have the experience to actually do some really good gibberish that doesn't look like gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> so did Lord Worm, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to give a shout out to Steve, though. I feel like Steve's been oh. getting a lot of press, a lot of accolade, and he deserves it. And I think that we have a media blackout, but he doesn't. And my <laughs> original intention was to have him here with us tonight, but I never took the extra steps to have him. So let's give a shout out to Steve and you say his last name because Steve Shipkowski. Thank Shipkowski. you. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it, and Steve is the reason that everything happened in mm -hmm. for Guardian of the Galaxy. I remember the first meeting we had in Haida's Montreal studio. And I just go there, I see a guy with a baseball cap and a small metal shirt, yeah. long hair. I was like, oh, yeah. You know, like <laughs> right off the bat, I was like, yeah. And then he started showing me some, some visuals from the aliens and creature. And right there, we were already in a discussion where we were talking about the, the cantina scene from Star Wars. Because... One thing that I ate in sci science fiction is that you go somewhere and everybody speaks English. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so stupid. It makes no sense. <laughs> you know, for me, it doesn't make any sense. Like, like different creatures and alien comings from different galaxies. I mean, I know Star Trek came out with the universal translator thing, but I think that's just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> it is the easy way out, but they actually, like, like, at some point, they were not lazy. They created a lot of languages. The Klingon, which is spoken by a lot of, not a lot, but, you know, a, a few thousand people and maybe more, and, and different languages, and, and the Vulcan languages. But at some point, they just stopped. And the same thing for Star Wars. It's just with very recently with the Mandalorian and with Boba Fett and maybe, you know, uh, uh, one or two places in the new movies that they started uh, um, using those sound again. Because you have to go back to the first Star Wars, the, not the, the, the first of the trilogy, but the first that went out, to really dive into that strange, noisy universe where not all the aliens speak English. Right. And right off the bat, we were discussing that. And, and I knew we had the same vision, like in the sense that we need something unique for the aliens. And it's not English. <laughs> you know, and there's there's a lot of English in the game. If you just look at the main voice actor, it's everywhere, you know. But for these creatures and these aliens, we wanted to do something really, really unique for, the, for them. So, yeah, Steve... He's, and that's the thing. You don't end up being friends with a lot of people that you work in the video game industry. And we ended up, we, were, we worked so closely for a year and a half. You know, we had almost at some point meeting every day that, you know, of course, we were discussing the project, but we were discussing life and a lot of different things. 
and we ended up being good friends. And this guy, the job that he did, you know, he did a presentation very recently at the GDC, the Game Developer Conference, and he showed me the, his presentation. And it's amazing the amount of work that this guy did for the audio. Not only did he deliver all the audio for the game, he created a band yeah. and he wrote songs. Yeah. Who, who was for, uh, there? Was a, there was a, someone running audio that's also part of that? What, what was his yeah, name? Nicolas Boudreau. Yeah, he was cool too. Yeah. Exactly. So he went the extra mile, not only to, to take care of everything, but even created the band. And with wrote all some the killer songs. He had to do yeah. and wrote some killer songs for the Marvel Guardian of the Galaxy soundtrack. Which so, is why so, the game is winning countless awards. Yeah, and he's being nominated and he's been winning so many awards for, for the audio because it, it's just a, a feat of strength and a, a something absolutely incredible. And for, for me, like I'm just glad we were able to be part of that. You know, where where we did the announcer. We did like a Zoom announce of what game we were all because we all knew we had gotten the game. And then this is the first time I met Steve was, and he was there, and he was sitting in his like cool audio chair, and we announced the game. Oh, and I, and like, I remember seeing all your faces because for yeah. me, I knew because I, I started wor yeah. working on the game months before all of us, all all, all of you, and then we we I remember we did this meeting, and he did. He, he edit a small video. Yeah, a trailer like, type thing. Yeah. A trailer with the Marvel, yeah. you know, beginning like digga digga digga. Because we didn't know it was Marvel. We didn't, we knew it was big. But we didn't know what it was. Yeah, exactly. And I remember because we were on Zoom, and I could see most of your faces on there. Like some people were crying, some people were just <laughs> couldn't stop smiling, and especially when the Marvel thing, yeah. like you know, all the faces like. Oh my God, we're going to be in a Marvel game. And then after the song from Marvel Garden of the Galaxy started and you could see the main character and that's where all hell broke loose because all, all of you like, and I remember you like smiling. Uh, uh, it's my favorite. Like I, I, I'm not the biggest Marvel. Hate me if you want to, whatever. Um, but I do like Guardians of the Galaxy. There's something cool about it. So I was, I was definitely stoked to be a part of it. No, definitely, and it's Marvel is is a few a few steps from Disney, right? Exactly, which is very <laughs> close to to um, Star Wars, right? Yeah, so. which is very close to a lot of things, you know. So for me, I was like, okay, so th this is now we can say that that because of course we, we, with all the other projects that we work on, they are amazing, but this one feels special, not only because of all the work we did. But because of the plays that metal vocalist got into yeah. Yeah. this game, we had we had some monstrous vocalists in it too. They're like, let alone myself, but uh, both Alyssa and Vicky. Yeah, um, Alyssa Welch was, was Vicky, was massive, you, you know? Simon from Simon Beyond, from Beyond Creation, Creation, yeah, and then all the rest of the crew like Jeff, uh, Corinne, uh, Philip. Yeah. Marie Claude, Jessica, and most of other metal vocalists in the Monster Factory, and 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 not only that. You know, we were included in advance in the creative process. Yeah. Not only call at the last minute and say, hey, we need zombies next week. Can you do that? Yeah. Boom, we go yeah. there and <sighs> it, it, it's cool to do that, but it's, it's more 
I think rewarding. I think it's a proof. I think it's more of a proof of what being involved with the Monster Factory can bring you. Yeah. Yeah, as opposed definitely. to just filling a gap that you have, you can build something with the Monster Factory. No, definitely, it, it, it's something we can do now. Sound creation. We can, you know, we can take a character and basically tell video game company what the sound should be like, based on because that's the thing. When I did started to work on Guardian of the Galaxy, my first order of business is that. You know, you see the movie collection <laughs> yes. back there, and it's just a small part of it. Um, I ended up listening to probably 200 to 250 sci-fi movie to build a document basically with, okay, in the sci-fi world exists these types of creature, humanoid or not, these type of creature, what are their facial uh, 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 distinction, uh, what type of sound they're doing, is it sound design, is it human? So I ended up with a 90-page document with basically like kind of different archetype for, for so I like I said, I, I went the extra mile with, with Steve, you know, really to deliver something absolutely awesome. And I'm I'm a video game attic <laughs> a movie attic and a video game attic so every time there's a new movie with creatures or zombie or every time there's a new video game i buy it and i play it you know just to listen to what they're it's doing market research exactly and it's tax deductible <laughs> i was, was going to say that but i chose not to but okay <laughs> and it's tax deductible it's research and development um <laughs> But, but, but that's the thing. And, and, you know, recently when we announced the international team, I received a lot of email from other metal vocalists like, we want to do that too. We want to do that too. And I'm he like, was really good. He sent us a whole document about how to field these people. It was, yeah. it was amazing. And he was like, <laughs> he sent us a whole document. I, and I, I signed an NDA, so I probably can talk about the document. No. <laughs> he sent a, He's so professional that he sent everyone involved in the Monster Factory a document about how to handle the release, which is yeah. why I love working with Sebastian. No, I, I, I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm precise. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm very uh, focused. I'm a, I like I'm it very annoying. much. I'm, I'm a little bit annoying, but I'm so really focused. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. But and and that's the thing. A lot of people think because they can scream, they can be good voice actor. Not necessarily. It's not because you are amazing at being a vocalist that you can be an amazing voice actor. Of course, it helps, but it's an entire other kind of uh, of skill set that you need to acquire and work on. And uh, your career as a voice actor, you need to be almost as much as dedicated as you are to being a metal vocalist. Because there's so many things you need to learn to practice. So, so just being able to be, you know, to do an horrible, horrible sound doesn't mean that you'd be an amazing voice actor. And that's what I learned when I first started, because that's what I thought I only needed. Just do blah. Is that because, and this is me just digging up shit and don't name people, did you bring people in and they couldn't perform to the way that you expected them to? 
despite the fact I'm being good, extreme vocal? Never. Never, because I prepare all of them. Every time we have a contract, every time I sit down with the team, I go through the sound, I explain how to do the sound, I record it, I send it to them, and then we have a second meeting where we work on it, and then another meeting where we work on it, and then another meeting where well, we work as, on it. As we're getting into the, the global monster factory, you can't do that. Well, I still can, so I'll <laughs> do it crazy. as much as possible. <laughs> and even now, I'm doing it right now, not, not with you, not tonight, but I, I'm, I'm still doing it. But I'm, I'm, I'm working on training videos. Let's open the questions. Um, raise your digital hand if you'd like to ask a question about uh, Sebastian translating over to teaching extreme vocals, uh, whether it be for voice acting or for extreme vocalists. You know, or, or if you want to go back to some, some of the stuff we, we cover also, we, we talked about. But just it was, the last, it was the last thing that I had for you that I definitely want to get covered. Hey, what's up, Fox and Hopsheads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Sick de vitesse. Go for it. He's a little bit under the weather. Hello. Hello. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit under the weather. My throat feels a little bit weird, but with beer... It's still better. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway. is good though. Drink water. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get water. But anyway, uh, my question is, what is your weirdest, the weirdest voice you did for anything? The weirdest, like, can be anything with the weirdest that comes to mind. Okay, I once had to uh, do a goat, an evil goat. Ooh. And... <laughs> And, and and that was a creature so 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 and and you know like i said sometime i don't even know what i'm about to do because we sign non-disclosure agreement and we don't get to see the creature before we go in the studio we arrive at the studio we have the order. oh okay and this one was like what do i do like like i i don't want to go to the thing you know <laughs> <laughs> but finally, when I did that, I'm going to, you know, <laughs> so I started playing with it. So I ended up doing goat sound for an evil goat. And after that, they added some real goat sound to the voice that I was doing for the uh, that, that creature. But, but you know, th that was the first one that I was like, what am I going to do? 
So I was I'm 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 I'm, I'm really going to do the you know the gold voice because for me that was like just too cliche kind of. But finally I did it. So that was weird, but yeah. So I, I, I was for two hours. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was doing the evil I goat. I tried to imagine that in a Nicrat Imitation album. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe in, in some hidden tracks <laughs> where we that, that could be interesting, yeah. like an interlude where we interlude are between two tracks. Yeah, where we are simulating the sacrifice of a goat. <laughs> so you're doing a trailer, a fake movie trailer, but sound. It's like it's the evil goat. (laughs) (laughs) Coming this February. (laughs) Yeah, but that that was the 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 one of the weirdest, but one of the thing, and actually Map participated in that recording, but I I, I can't say the project because it's not out there. I don't even I don't even know what it is, yeah. But but we ended up recording teeth sound. Yeah. It was so much fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like just teeth. Yeah. Teeth sound. That was a that was fun weird. night. That was, that really was fun. fun. Yeah. <laughs> For like, like a long time. And, and we were 15 people and just basically changing. Five people were getting in and then they were getting out five new people. So we ended up all doing teeth and, and slurps like. That was really fun. Yeah. yeah. So that was weird too. T-Town. I was like, that was a first. <laughs> that's weird. That sounds sick, but that's weird. Yeah. But, but, but together, like when you put all the 15 voice actor sound together, like I, I heard a little bit about him. I asked the, the, the sound engineer just to mix it for me a little bit. That was weird. Like it felt really creepy. Like I, I, I like didn't. A, the perfect thing to go to sleep to. Yeah, exactly. Like teeth sound, like small teeth, like kind of gnawing at you. Like, was like, is it like an ASMR simulator? <laughs> <laughs> the worst kind. Yelling. <laughs> uh, yes. How's it going, Seb? <laughs> hey, what's up, my man? Yeah, so long time no talk. Um, yeah. Obviously, I had you on the podcast back in the day, and you weren't even allowed to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy back then. I remember, yeah. yeah. You, you kept talking about this AAA game, and you were not allowed to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, so it was pretty funny. Uh, it was hard to not Yeah, I, I remember talk you about biting your lip like, I can't say anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 was, I, I was probably pinching, you know, because you only see here in the podcast and I, I was probably like hitting myself so uh down there for my for my question to go with uh, what matt matt wants the direction to be uh he wants us to talk about mostly your switch to being uh someone who teaches vocals a boring teacher no uh, no, no there's a lot of great there's a lot of great extreme vocal coaches out exactly there. No, it's something that's up and coming right because there's more and more of metal extreme vocal teachers what is the most difficult part about teaching extreme vocals compared to okay. teaching uh, what you do at the monster factory what's the biggest difference and what's the biggest challenge well and my answer might surprise you um the biggest challenges for a harsh vocal teacher 
is basically that even if we know a little bit about how we produce the sound, we don't have any scientific, real scientific studies about how we can really produce those sounds. So even with the amount of knowledge that we have today, we're still unsure about how to explain it properly with the right scientific terms and how to name what we do properly. Like, I'm going to give you an example. You're all aware of what we call fry scream, right? You all know about fry. Well, your definition of fry, somebody else's definition of fry, and sometimes people do fry, but they just go a little bit higher and they don't think it's fry. Fry for me doesn't mean anything. It doesn't describe a physical phenomenon. It's mostly an aesthetic terms. And for me, what should define the wording of how we teach that should be science, not aesthetic. And, and I think that's one, and it's not only my, 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 my biggest challenge, I think it's, it's harsh vocal teacher biggest challenge is to be able to base our teaching on science. Real science, not only, oh, I've done that with my voice and it's, it's cool so I can teach other. No, what's really happening? What, it's moving. And, and, and again, maybe we should name things properly instead of just inventing those weird name for vocal techniques that, that is not entirely related to what's actually happening. And that's why I love throat singing so much is that for me, it's really a gateway to metal, to, to, to being a metal, uh, a voice metal coach, because we go into so many details about vocal distortion and what's happening, you know, really happening, because we can base, I can, you know, there have been so many studies about throat singing that we can name things properly. And I use that to explain what's happening with the metal voice. But of course, again, there might be slight differences in the, for the metal voice, but we don't know about it, really, because we don't have anything, like, officially. Of course, our friend Enrico Di Lorenzo from Idios Divinity, if you know a bit about Idios, no. the band, he, he's an, uh, is a doctor, is an otorino-laryngologist, is, for me, is one of the guys that knows what he's talking about because he looked at it and he, he can explain it, you know, with science and he can explain what's moving. But, but again, we need formal scientific studies maybe, about harsh vocal. Maybe you're going to be the be one to put the names on all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's exactly the goal. Yeah. 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 For me, you know, it's not, I, 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 I always enjoy, um, naming things properly. Once I got into harsh vocal and, and, and uh, you know, throat singing, for me, like, how to explain what I do, because I've been teaching throat singing and harsh vocal for more than 14 years now. Which is why I hit you up to interview you the first time. I, I yeah. sort of knew you were doing the video game thing, but yeah. Paul Z of ages of yeah. blackguard is the reason why i hit you up 
to have you on the podcast back on episode 13 was because he had mentioned that you were teaching him. Yeah, no, I, I, and that's the thing. It's kind of a unique approach is I, I teach about harsh vocal, but I go through throat singing to teach harsh vocal. Um, because again, I've explained it at the beginning, it's vocal distortion. It's slightly different, but the, the control and precision that you can have with throat singing, you know, a lot of, of problem for metal vocalists is the use of pressure. Sometimes they use too much pressure and sometimes they don't have enough pressure. And we can still produce the sound that we are producing even if we are using too much pressure. Of course, we might end up hurting our voices a little bit more, but we can still produce those sounds. With throat singing, it's impossible to produce Tuvan throat singing to produce the sound and to do it correctly With and to use yeah. too much or too less pressure. It's impossible. So for me, I use throat singing to calibrate our pressure control muscles. Amazing. It's like a valve almost. Exactly. Because when we are able to control some, sometimes really slight form of vocal distortion, if we are able to control that sound, it, it's, you know, it's a lot of work to be that precise, then after that, once we go into harsh vocal, we can correct that kind of using too much pressure or, or because we have, you know, use our muscles or body and, and worked on what I call muscle memory to make sure that when we go into vocal distortion, we don't use too much or too many or, or, or just less pressure. So for me, it's really like getting through throat singing to make sure that, and of course, to be, to be able to have a real warm-up uh, 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 workout. Like, how do you warm up vocal distortion? I think it's super important. I don't think anyone has done it properly. And I'm from the school of Melissa Cross, who's obviously the, the OG of extreme vocal coaching and deserves the respect there. But there is no specified warm-up for extreme vocals exactly but i i like i said i start with very small some people could it could call it fry but i won't <laughs> but very subtle warm-up for what i call the you know the vocal distortion muscles so sometimes it's just basically a small uh, and then at some point now of course it's late i've done a recording session yesterday uh, i'm not doing the sound properly and i know but at some point you can hear when the the vocal cords are synchronized and you can create very softly a small vocal distortion that produce a double vibration of the vocal cords and for me to warm up properly to build yourself up to the full extent of your vocal distortion power you have to start there you know, this is for me the, the first stage. And then after that, I go into Tibetan and Chuvan throat singing because they're a little bit more pressure than the first one. But still, it requires a lot of control to be able to, to do that. But it, it requires just a little bit more pressure than the first one. But it's still the same thing. It's still a double vibration on the vocal cords. And then the other step is I go into what I call the cookie monster stage. 
The Kooky Monster is basically the first warm-up for the false vocal cord. You know, Seth for Cookie, Cookie, Cookie. So you can just basically work with that kind of voice without any extreme pressure. Uh, cookie. And when you do that, you actually activate the false vocal cord. But you need to warm them up because it's still there's still muscle attached to <laughs> Dude, that's what hurts. It, Honestly, that's what hurts. If, if, if I jump into a jam after a long time, it's not my vocal cords that hurt. It's the muscles around them. Exactly. But because you, you don't warm you know, everything else properly. But for me, it's basically start with, with con- pressure control. People don't, don't do a lot of exercise, breathing exercise or proper breathing exercise to make sure that they, they are able to really control very precisely the pressure that is going out and going in. It's both way. But again, if we come back to vocal distortion, there's Cookie Monster producing really small with basically no pressure distortion from the false vocal cord. And that's the thing, the false vocal cord, you can almost activate them as throat singing. Because throat singing, you can go... <clears throat> But if I try to activate the same way false vocal false vocal cords, it sounds a little bit different, but it's almost the same. <clears throat> so basically, this is a really smooth form of false vocal cord activation. You don't need to put a lot of pressure, and you still can just warm up that that element of you from your vocal distortion and that there's a few other exercises but like i said most of what i what i'm teaching is coming from what i've learned in throat singing and and it's funny because i as soon as i discovered throat singing i basically became a better metal vocalist i had more control more control you know like back in the 1990s when i was singing of course i always tried to pronounce but but a lot of metal vocalists, you're, we're still in the... Yeah, I'm just going to make the sound. I got the tone. I'm happy with the tone. And that's what it is. And then we go... <laughs> Sorry, I saw Bree in the chat. <laughs> I was like, Chris Barn and Bree, I, I have to do uh, I do, I do want to ask that question. It's it's a, this, this, this right here is going to be the, the section that I turn into the reel uh, that I'm going to collaborate with Left Epic the most on. So keep that in mind as you answer it. Why why is Chris Barnes not the way that he used to be, in your opinion? Okay. Well, when I've listened to <laughs> Scholarly, it's not funny, but it's a little bit funny. <laughs> um, when I listened to their last album, Six Feet Under, I understood why they... <laughs> Disable the comments on the, the video. <laughs> I was like, oh, they disabled the comments. That, that, that's not good. But for me, when I listen to it, um, I hear a lot of uh, damage. And the damage is basically that there's not, no longer enough pressure to sustain his really growly voice. It's basically pressure control. And and I don't know if it's coming from just him being out of shape 
or is smoking too much pot and, and he's no longer able to, to really control his, his, his breathing and his pressure properly. But for me, like when I listen to that, because of course you can imagine when I go to see live shows, I always analyze other metal vocalists. Like I listen to, this is my main focus. I'm like, and sometime, you know, if they haven't warmed up properly, or, or even if they had sometime really, and it's really sometime at the end, you know, the last few songs, you can hear like that their vocal distortion is, and sometime at the end of some sentences, is not like, it's not beautiful. It goes like, you know, it, it and this is where Chris Barn is at mostly. He sounds like when metal vocalists are out of breath and, and can no longer keep the pressure that he need to have to maintain the vocal distortion that you are doing. Because when you have no longer that support, your throat and, and, and your vocal cords and fall, everything is trying to force itself into still producing that vocal distortion. And that's where you end up hurting yourself. And that's what Chris Barn sounds like at the moment, like an out-of-breath metal vocalist. I'm sorry, Chris. You know, if you, if you <laughs> but the thing is, that's the thing I have to say. One of the first bands that I, that I bought a cassette of was Cannibal Corpse Eaten Back to Life. I am a huge Chris Barn fan. Huge one. I remember one of the first shows that I've played in Rimouski was with Cannibal Corpse. That's because Rimouski used to be a tour stop yeah. in Quebec, which is amazing. So, so for, and it's funny because after that, you know, I, I went into so many other things. I kind of lost the focus on, 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 um, on many of the new metal bands out there. And I was aware of Six Feet Under, but I've listened to the first album and I was like, okay, this is good. It's still Chris Barn voices, you know? But after that, I kind of lose the focus on, on, on all of that. And when I came back, you know, with Necrotic Mutation and, and, and more officially into death metal, uh, I've started to listen back. And of course, I couldn't miss, like, a, a lot of people actually... Um, I did video, and there, there's a video of Chris Barn on YouTube, which is basically just the E and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> I ended up listening to it, and I was like, I don't know if it's because he's in a record deal and he still has to produce album, and that he is obligated to do so, because for me, like, if I were to sing like that on an album... I would never release that, for real. And, and again, I mean no disrespect to him. I, 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 he's an amazing vocalist, but right now, like, this is a point where I would say my goodbye to the being a metal vocalist before doing that, like, honestly. So I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure he's conscious, he's aware of that, but I don't know if it's because he has a record deal that he, he, he can he, he needs to do a certain amount of albums and I don't know Brian Slagle Brian Slagle is really cool 
And from what I've heard, I've never met him, but I've, I've, everyone that I've met that knows Brian Slagle says he's really fucking cool. I don't know. I don't know. I, I know that if I sounded like that, yeah, I, I, I would want, I would I want someone to tell me before I release it that we yeah. shouldn't release it. But I'm sure people told them. <laughs> I don't know. It's impossible that nobody listened to that and said, well, okay, ship that. You know, like, he's a blocking machine. If you don't <laughs> like him, he blocks you now. Grayson, beans and breakdown. Yep. Yep. Go for it. Hey, guys. Uh, hey, Seb, thanks so much for sharing everything. This has been like a really awesome time uh, hearing about uh, Le Fabrique des Monstres. Um, oh, you've said it so well. And Thank I'm you. an American. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Uh, my question for you is um, what would be your dream role? Obviously, you're a sci fi fan. And I would assume a classic horror fan, if there was any role in the world that you could go out and voice act for within the video game or movie realm, what would that be? Anything in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I would play a robot or a small creature in the background, you know, whatever in Star Wars. You know, I, I'm... I was lucky because I did voice the nemesis in Resident Evil in Dead by Daylight, which is not a small character. And not a lot of people know that, but I, I've, I'm not sure if I can say it, but I'll say it because I did audition for it. I did the voice of the Hulk in Marvel Guardian of the Galaxy. So I said Hulk smash with my big voice. So I basically did the Hulk. That's a huge accomplishment for me. <laughs> so, but, but other than those two, anything in Star Wars, like, I don't know. You know, of course, not the voice of Darth Vader <laughs> because I, I'm, no. But whatever in Star Wars. I, I could play, you know, the, the garbage disposal thing. I could do the sound of that. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Like anything in Star Wars, I, I would, I would, I would smile for the rest of my life. Even a small, 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 small thing. Amazing. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm in. Colby. So I was, I was just curious, um, Seb, how you got into doing like death metal vocals to start with, and then why you decided to go. Uh, through the teaching route that you do as well now? Um, well, it's kind of it's kind of a funny story. Um, when I started listening to metal music, it's because there was a girl in my classroom that was really lovely, and I wanted to get her attention. And uh, her boyfriend was listening to metal music. I was like, well... <laughs> I, you know, if I want to attract her attention, I, I need to listen to metal music. And the funny thing happened. I started to lis listen to bands just so I could talk to her about it. And at some point, I was like, I, I really enjoy the music. Like at the beginning, I was like, what is that? <laughs> and I was listening to basically Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, and then Accept. Uh, also, like really old, old uh, uh, power heavy metal power metal band and then from there it went straight to sepultura and slayer 
And from there to napalm that, deicide and suffocation ob obituary. And that was in the probably a two-year period. So I went from Metallica, Judas Priest, the first kind of few months, and then right after that, and then, of course, and, and when I started to listen to, to, um, to Cannibal Corpse and, and to the other band, I, I, I was so, so intrigued by their voices. And I was like, man, I want to do that. How can, how, how can somebody do, you know, do that with their voices? And, and, and the funny thing is, uh, I was talking about Cookie Monster, but I was actually wa watching Sesame Street when I was little in English, even if I'm French. And, and I remember the voice. Seals for Cookie. Uh. And that was a weird voice. And I was always attracted to the villains. Like in, in the cartoons, like I remember Commander Cobra. Hey, G.I. Joe, let's get them. Like the, the way he was using vocal distortion. So I, I was always, always intrigued and fascinated by, by weird voices. So, of course, that when I listened to death metal vocalists, I was like, fuck, yeah, I want to do that. You know, so I kind of forgot about the girl. <laughs> Because I found something really, really cool, which doesn't require to send a small letter. Would you go out with me? <laughs> yes or no? You, you, I got, you, got, you got the best part of the deal, Sam. Yeah, I, I didn't have to ask that to death metal. Like the answer was yes right off the bat, <laughs> without even asking the question. But I, I, I was really into that, and of course, when I started to learn throat singing. The way my teacher was explaining things to me, he was explaining to me things with, you know, physical elements, with science. And for me, I was fascinated by that because it allowed me a bit to explain how I was able to produce the sound that I'm producing as a death metal vocalist. So for me, that, that, that kind of... of, of Learning how to properly talk about something, a subject as, as, as complex and fascinating as um, metal vocals and, and extreme voices. I was like, I, I, if, if I'm, because of course, at some point, people were asking me, like, because I, I, I think they, 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 people still think I'm a good death metal vocalist, but back in the days, they, they, of course, they, they, they were thinking like that. So that's why they probably like ask me, hey, do you have any tricks that you could teach, teach me? And that's basically how I started to teach. Like at the beginning, it wasn't something official, but more and more people kept coming back to me. And I was like, I need to build something like a proper warm up routines for metal vocalists. And of course, over the years, I think it got better. The more I know about the voice, now it works. The more I put, I change small things here and there in my, in my uh, uh, training lessons. Um, basically, because we we never stop to learn, and I think that at some point, once we have all the scientific data that we need for harsh vocal, uh, uh, I'm just trying to explain it the best that I can. And maybe when we have that kind of studies, maybe I'm gonna have to change how I'm teaching it. 
because it might change a, a lot of people's perspective on, on how they teach harsh vocal. And I'm 46. At some point, you have to pass on the knowledge that you have acquired in life. And that's basically why I teach voice acting, voice actor. I teach environmental sound. And of course, I'm trying to teach the team from the Monster Factory everything that I know. Uh, uh, because I'm 46. In 10 years, I'm going to be 56. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it has the same implication as extreme drumming. I think that extreme vocals will will continue far into your 70s, 80s, and hypothetically 90s, dude. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, 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 I am rather confident. I think extreme drumming going 300, 320 BPM has an age limit. Extreme vocals, I don't think does. Well, who is the older extreme vocalist? Well, this the old... in, the, in this room, it's no, you. No, but... no, 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 but... Oh, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, like, is it... Uh, um... Devin Townsend? Who, who is older than Devin? How old is he? He must be 50. Yeah. I've never heard of a 60-year-old metal vocalist. Like, a dead metal vocalist. Like Not harsh. yet. It's coming. Not yet. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. But it's the generational... It makes sense, because... You know, how old? How old is Corpse Grinder? He must be fifty something. Yeah, but I I do think also because again, it's it's without a proper warm up routine. But, yeah, that's a good question. Like, why do you think age would would have an influence on how long someone can keep going? Yeah. The body gets old, you know. The vocal cords and, and the the instrument, everything is there. It, it's so tiny. It's yeah, so, yeah. and after a while, it's just, you know, the vocal cords, you can have nodules. It's more difficult to do certain sounds. Like even for me, like I need to warm up more to do some different Stuff that vocal. Back, back in the day, you could have done of course, easier. Easier, really? easier, really. Even if I'm more diverse now than I was before. And you're using your voice way more than before too. Yeah, but it requires a more warm-up hmm. from 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 what i do and, and uh, i don't know I'm, I'm actually very interested to see how this spans out like will extreme metal bands have to stop because extreme metal vocals can't physically do it anymore there was never a thought that i had it, it's really you know it's extreme it's not that new but of course it's something new extreme well, metal it's, it's, it's from the 90s right let's yeah. say 90, 89 88 no, but, but it's new enough. It's new enough that we don't know how whole can we go. Exactly. Right? <laughs> but and from that we can see how long can other extreme metal vocalists go. And at some point, I think there's there's going to be an age marker where after maybe I don't know, sixty, sixty-two, it's going to be too hard for, for some people. It um, is for Chris Barnes. You know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm putting you guys on the spot but, or not. I know Matt has some young ones sleeping right now. But say you you guys were drunk goblins in Montreal going to eat a poutine for the first time. What would that sound like? Oh, okay, let's go eat the poutine. Hey, Matt, 
You want poutine? Oh, <laughs> my master wants poutine. It's like the poutine. Ah, it's so tasty. Oh, so good. Is that <laughs> good enough for you? <laughs> Love it. Last question, Nat. Um, I was wondering if there is anything you do or have done in the past to increase lung capacity, and if you have any tips for anyone looking to do the same. Well, the thing is, I, I did not know about lung capacity until... <laughs> until a few years after I started to sing metal. Because for me, I was like, just practicing, right? And I remember, if you listen to my first demo, <laughs> and, and you listen to what I did three years later, there's a huge difference into being able to sustain a sound and being able to, to, to you know, keep the note longer. But the thing is, it's it's... It's not more about lung capacity for me than it is about pressure control. A lot of people think that when we sing loud, like metal vocalists, we use a lot of air, right? It's basically like it's, there's so much pressure going out, you must be using a lot of air. Therefore, I must require a huge lung capacity, right? I can attest to the opposite of that. Because I have terrible lung capacity and I am loud as fuck. <laughs> yeah, no, but is that when you blow? You know, there's wind. <laughs> it doesn't move. Amazing. Right? Do it again, please. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So being loud, being able to project, has nothing to do for me. Like it has a little bit to do in, with with lung capacity, but mostly about pressure control. You need to be able to focus, even if you don't have a lot of lung capacity. You need to really be able to control what, you, what, what, what how you can push the pressure and be loud and sustain longer note with that so for me the focus would be to work more on 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 breathing exercise like some of some of the exercise that i that i do involve mostly just uh, um putting an obstacle when you breathe like basically i do it's you know when, when you blow balloons for a kids anniversary you do that there's a really small hole that you create but if you do that, for me, one of the warm-up exercises that I do is basically I just use a small O and then I breathe in and I breathe out. So like you're sucking helium and then letting it back out. Exactly, but without the helium, <laughs> of course. But it's basically, it's just that it's warming up and, and you make everything works, like the muscle that you use for an expiration. And after that, yeah, there's a few other exercises, but there's one that I call the small dog. And it's basically just doing. But that being able to control the, the volume of air 
that is going out and going in and be able to do to have the exact same amount going that fast is really hard it's a so man me, diaphragm that, workout it's insane it, that, it that's is insane. it is yeah. it is and for me it, it, it's it, it kind of show you how how in control you are of the muscles that control the pressure so for me it, it's those exercises that helps and, and again throat singing throat singing you have to be so precise with the pressure control because if you aren't you're going to lose the sound so so for me acquiring that kind of control with throat singing you can take that and export it <laughs> into 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 harsh vocals or into other form of of singing you know that's the thing even throat singing they use it in in some voice therapy people who have a a, a hole there to speak with that after that some of the things that were developed in, in the recent years is using throat singing to 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 make people to re-educate people how to speak exactly so people that have a tracheotomy they would re-educate them with throat singing to re-educate them how to speak i guess it it strengthens everything as well again you work for me like working with throat singing you work on the micro on micro things with fine tunings a lot of what you have to work on that makes you a good metal vocalist. You're fine-tuning how to use a resonance chamber. You're fine-tuning the thong placement. You're fine-tuning your control, your pressure control, and your control over activating the, the, the vocal distortion. So for me, like, all this small work, when you're good at that, you can be a better metal vocalist. Like, like I, I, I say in French, and I'm going to try and translate it in English, and it doesn't sound that, that, that so cheesy, but before being a, a storm, the wind is a breeze, right? So for me, in order to become a storm, you have to control the breeze. And throat singing is all about fine-tuning and controlling the breeze. And for me, it allows you to be a better storm. After that, very, very, <laughs> very interesting. Seb, um, where can people hit you up for for lessons? Are you at that point yet? Or are you still building the whole platform? Uh, um, well, actually, I'm doing a lot of one on one. Uh, um, I, but I think that like, a lot of my listeners might hit you up just for that. So, so where should, where should they go? No, definitely. Well, now it's it's basically you just. Add me on Facebook or on Instagram because <laughs> I'm building a platform for that. But it's going to take uh, uh, a long, not a long time because I have so many things going on right now. I need to focus on a few pri priorities. But I, I, I do have the time. I'll you know once a few times a month. I always have students for for harsh vocal, but also for throat singing. Because again, like I said, throat singing for me is how you can fine tune a lot of things to be better at harsh, harsh vocal. So a lot of metal vocalists are coming to me and it's funny because most of them end up doing throat singing <laughs> or doing sounds. Oh my God, I can do that. I was like, yeah, you can. You just need the proper <laughs> guidance and you know, a few adjust, adjustments here and there, but yeah. And and most of them come back to me a few months after, or sometime years after. I was like, wow, 
You know, what you've shown me, like the small throat singing exercise got me way better with, with, my, with my metal voice. So, you know, hit me on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, probably by the end of the year, I, I would have that, that website up and that there's a lot more things to come. But yeah, if you want to have a, a, a one-on-one uh, one -on -one, uh, uh, voice lessons, even for harsh vocal throat singing, or even for, you know, some people want to get into voice acting. How do you start a career in voice acting? Uh, how, what do you do? What, you know, a lot of people have questioned about that, and, and I, I do teach that a little bit. Um, so, yeah. So, social media. This was amazing. Um, I really enjoyed myself tonight. Uh, we're going to keep hanging out, and you guys should have been here, if you're not here tonight, to, to keep hanging out with us, to keep having discussions. Um, Thirsty Thursday live interviews happen the first Thursday of every month, and it's always a blast, and I love the community that is here with us tonight. Everyone, unmute yourselves and give uh, Sebastian Carato the warm welcome that he deserves. Uh, Sebastian, you, you will get to, to choose what creature all these people are going to sound like right now as okay. they welcome you out of this amazing episode. Okay, I am a sucker for zombies. <laughs> okay. So, so, please direct us all... out. Direct us out. Direct us out. You got oh, this. Okay. So, zombies, you got two options. You can do something really old school. You can do inhale, or you can do exhale throaty stuff. So, whatever you're comfortable with, just take that sound, and after my countdown. We're just gonna do like sound, no words, just just a sound for like five seconds. All right. So three, two, one. Oh my God! You were amazing. <laughs> Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right today. And you know that I love and appreciate that. Now, you may have noticed that my audio sounded a little bit different on this episode. And uh, that is because lately I've been letting my five-year-old daughter set up my audio equipment before my interviews. And I typically always check to make sure that everything is plugged in correctly. But this time I didn't because uh, we were putting them to sleep and things were rushed. So sadly, my microphone was not connected. And I use the audio from my Zoom recording. So I apologize for that. I apologize for it sounding differently. But you live and you learn. And I have learned to always make sure that my five-year-old daughter has plugged things in properly. Massive cheers to all of you for putting up with that. This was a massive, massive hang. You should have been there. It was so much fun. Sebastien is obviously an amazing guest, an amazing speaker. But he's also brilliant. I'm very, very stoked to be a part of the Monster Factory. There are massive things coming up in the future with them, and I'm very, very happy to, to be along for the ride. Huge cheers to Sebastien. Can't wait to have you back on the podcast for a fourth time. 
Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive two emails a month that will include all the details of everything that has happened recently in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You get to see which episodes I've dropped, which episodes I have coming up, You'll get to see if I've been a guest on someone else's podcast. You will also get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently. You'll get to see which albums Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself, has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist. And you will be the first people to hear about any projects that I have in the works. There is just so much going on in the world of the Vox and Hops metal podcast. I hate for you to miss a single thing, so sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a glorious rest of the week. I will be back next week with yet again one episode on Tuesday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops hits. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the one-hit thunder or were nothing more than a one-hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.